today on CityCast Salt Lake, a very special show for two reasons. First, because this episode was produced by the students in John Arthur's sixth grade class at Meadowlark Elementary. And second, because our guest is Dr. Angela Dunn, now executive director of the Salt Lake County Health Department, who has been this state and county's voice of reason through the COVID-19 pandemic. Meadowlark Elementary School has been one of the most impacted by COVID, and the students have questions for our county health expert about where we are in this pandemic now and what the path forward looks like. And the cool thing about being in sixth grade is that you're not afraid to ask the questions adults are too shy to ask. It's Monday, May 16th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Dr. Dunn, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Thanks for having me. I've got some questions queued up here for you that were all written and produced by the students in John Arthur's sixth grade class at Meadowlark Elementary. They've been going to school in unprecedented times for a couple of years now, and they've got some burning questions for you in this moment. So let's dive in. Our first question is from Bella, who is getting straight after it. Is this pandemic over? Well, Bella, that is an awesome question and technically no, and I hate giving that answer at this point, but right, a pandemic is when we've got widespread disease in many different countries, and we still have that across the world right now, but we are doing a lot better in the United States. Um, We've, of course, seen a drastic decrease in cases from this winter, and our hospitals are looking pretty good. Um, So while we're doing better in the U.S. right now, there's still a threat internationally for um, a lot of COVID cases. All right, let's get to our second question. Hi, my name is Luis, a.k.a. Levi. The question for today is, does the vaccine keep kids from getting sick? Yeah, so that is question. an awesome question, right? A lot of people get confused around the purpose of the vaccine and how well it works. Um, so the vaccine is fantastic at preventing you from getting severe disease. So it keeps you out of the hospital. It keeps you out of the doctor's office. You still might get infected. It does protect you against getting infected, um, but you still might get infected. But if you do, it's likely to be a really minor illness, right? You might have, you know, sneezing, sniffles, feel a little tired. Um, but if you're up to date on your COVID vaccine, you likely won't be put in the hospital and get really sick. So it's super important to get that vaccine. Mm-hmm. And my understanding as a follow up here is not all kids are eligible for a booster, right? Or a second shot at this point. What should we expect for roughly sixth grade? What are they eligible for? Right. So right now they should all um, be getting their initial series. So that's the first two doses of either the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine. And likely in the fall, all of us, regardless of our age, will likely be needing another booster um, at that point. But right now, just the first two shots for sixth graders. Hmm, Okay. And for those of us who are adults and already have our two shots and our booster, like me, you think we should be waiting to get a fourth shot until the fall? Is that the calculus? So right now, that's currently what we're recommending. The only approval for a second booster is for those who are over 50 and then other kind of specific groups that have immunocompromising conditions where they get sick really easily. Um, But for the rest of us, we don't have FDA approval yet. And that just means that there hasn't been a lot of data to show the risks versus benefits of getting another booster for our age group. So it's better for us to wait. Um, But in the meantime, 
um, you know, stay home if we feel sick, get tested and, and wear a mask if you've been exposed. Okay, got it. All right, here's another question for you. Hi, my name is Tyrone, and my question is that is it really safe to take your mask off in school? Yeah, Tyrone, so kids have been wearing masks for a really long time, and it can be super annoying. Um, right now, because the vaccines are widely available to kids over the age of five, we have some schools that have really good coverage. That means that most of the students in a classroom are vaccinated. So that lowers the risk of anybody getting COVID, and so masks don't really play a big role. Um, so masks are still important, though, in those situations where um, there's been a few cases of COVID in a classroom. It's important for everybody to wear a mask for, for about 10 days after that so that you can stop the spread. It's also important in situations where there's a really low percentage of people who are vaccinated. So if you have a lot of vulnerable people who are not immune to COVID, wearing a mask will help prevent them from getting sick um, and then potentially going into the hospital. So I'd say, Tyrone, in general, yes, it's safe for kids to take off their masks in general, especially if you're up to date on your vaccine and you're otherwise healthy. Um, I think you can feel comfortable being without a mask in school. Okay, awesome. Okay, this next question I think is also on everyone's mind right now as this weekend feels like it was the unofficial start of summer. Hi, I'm Liz. Would COVID-19 spread in the summer with more people not wearing masks? Yeah, so whenever we have um, a lot of people getting together, especially indoors, which is less likely in the summer, but getting together without masks on, and, and especially if they're not vaccinated, we're gonna have an increased spread of COVID. Um, unfortunately, we have less than half of our population up to date on their vaccine. So that means that COVID spread is still likely when we're getting together in large groups. So the best thing for us to do to prevent COVID from spreading and surging again this summer is to make sure we're up to date on our vaccines. and. If we're sick, we stay home. Um, so that's why it's so important to get those home test kits or come to our health department if you feel like you need to get tested. Um, and then you can get our vaccine at our health department too. Okay, awesome. Vic's next question is from Ram. What was the hardest part about being in charge during the pandemic? Oh gosh, there were so many hard parts. Um, I think the hardest part was trying to portray um, confidence and um, calmness and sureness to the public in a time when there were so many unknowns um, that I didn't know, our top doctors and scientists in the nation didn't really know, um, but the public still deserved to kind of have that sense of, of calm and, and confidence coming from their leadership. And so kind of pairing that what we don't know with don't worry, we'll do everything we can to protect you was, was really tough. Um, and, and luckily we're in a place now where we know a lot more about COVID, how it's transmitted, and of course have treatment and vaccines. So we're in a better place now. Mm -hmm. There's a follow-up question I have for you that was written by one of the students, Ozzy, which is, I think in response to a lot of these kids witnessed when there were protesters that were at your house and um, people who were opposed to the vaccine and very, um, I would characterize as being um, uh, frustrated and angry and uh, going out of their way to make something personal. Um, and the follow-up question that Avi wrote was, were you scared when they protested at your house? Yeah, so we had protesters at, at my house when um, masks were super controversial. 
And um, I was definitely scared for my family, right? I've got two young kids and the fact that somebody knows where you live and they're threatening to do harm is is really, really scary. Um, but but I don't, it's it's interesting because I don't feel mad at those people. They, they were scared themselves and um, they had a lot of misinformation and didn't know what was going on. And I was the target of their frustration. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a scary time. Um, mostly because I felt like my kids were vulnerable. Okay. Our last student question here is from Steve. Have you had second thoughts about being a doctor? (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, all the time, even before COVID. (laughs) Um, but, um, No, I think in the end, I have landed exactly where I'm supposed to be in this world um, and have a dream job. And I'm so I feel so lucky um, to be in public health and to um, have found really what I I love doing, even though sometimes it's super hard and challenging um, and you do have second thoughts. But but in the end, um, I just feel lucky to have found something that that I love doing and I get to do it for my job. So I hope everybody out there gets to find that special thing for them, too. Awesome. If you've got time, I've got a question for you, yeah, of course. which is I'm reading this recent data that indicates that we are in the county in a little bit of an, an uptick with COVID. And I'm curious how we should be responding to that data. How should it make us feel? And is there a variant that we should be most concerned about right now? We know that we're not getting all the test results from home tests. We know that people aren't seeking testing like they were earlier in the pandemic. And so we rely on our wastewater surveillance. So that's looking for COVID in our wastewater. And we also rely on data for people seeking care in emergency rooms for COVID-like illness, right? Um, And both of those are up. So that indicates that we do have ongoing transmission of COVID in our county. I will tell you, it's lower than it's ever been in this pandemic. So it's, it's, it's definitely not exploding like it did during the Omicron wave, which is a good sign. An even better sign, though, is that our hospitalizations continue to go down, as well as our ICU utilization. So that means people are getting sick and there's transmission, but it's not leading to severe disease, which is exactly kind of the the plan, right? Like once the vaccine becomes available to everybody, we can prevent severe disease and we can take off these global restrictions such as social distancing or or shutting down of restaurants and bars or masking for everybody. Um, So I still believe we're in a really good place because we're not getting that severe disease. People are getting mild disease if they're vaccinated. Um, So the key thing though that I mentioned before is we only have about half of our population fully vaccinated. So we really need people to get their booster if they're eligible and their second booster if they're eligible for that. In terms of variants, right now, um, the variants that are circulating luckily are still susceptible to the vaccine um, and they're not causing any more severe illness than we've had in the past. And so we we in public health constantly watch what's going on in, in Europe and, and in um, Africa, kind of where these variants have started in the past in Australia. Um, And then we also look in Utah what's happening on the East Coast because the spread tends to come east to west and it can predict what we're going to see. And so on the East Coast, they are starting to see an increase in hospitalizations now. So we really just need to to make sure that heading into the summer and especially the fall, we increase everybody who's up to date on their vaccine so we can make sure our hospitals don't get overwhelmed again. Mm -hmm. Okay. When these students head back to school in the fall, 
any predictions beyond preparing for that fourth, that booster of what the situation will be like? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, um, the fall is really what gets me nervous (laughs) because we haven't had a fall without a surge yet. And so um, the proof to me that we're really through this will be getting through fall of 2022 without a surge. And then I'll be able to kind of breathe a sigh of, sigh of relief. And and honestly, the only thing that's going to get us there is vaccination. Um, so anybody who's eligible out there should really um, seek out vaccination or talk to a provider if they have questions about it. Um, so for kids to expect coming into fall, definitely get up to date on all your vaccines. We've seen a drop in regular childhood vaccines um, like measles and mumps and well-child visits. So it's important going into the fall, this is a great time to not only get your flu and COVID shot, but make sure you get caught up in anything you missed during COVID as well. Okay, that's wise. Dr. Dunn, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, thanks for having me. little more news before we go. The Utah Health Department reports COVID-19 related data every Thursday. And here's the most recent data we've got. Last week, there were 3,385 new COVID cases reported statewide, one death and 100 hospitalizations. On the vaccine front, 3,000 Utahns got their first dose last week. 3,782 of us became fully vaccinated last week. And 6,033 Utahns got a booster shot last week. One other news item. On Sunday, the university, formerly known as Dixie State down in St. George, announced a new name and a new logo. They will forevermore be known as Utah Tech University. And the new logo is a mix of dark red and dark blue. It looks very Americana, but the university says the red is to represent the red rocks of Southern Utah and the blue is its blue skies. For now, Utah Tech has fully upstaged all the Utah Jazz rebrand rumors. The name and logo change will go into full effect July 1st. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you to all the students in John Arthur's sixth grade class at Meadowlark Elementary. Y'all are awesome for researching, writing, and recording such great questions. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around this city. Bye. Bye.